to the podcast today. Got an exciting episode, very timely, um, as we're going to take a look and review and unpack the FDA's Office of Tissues and Advanced Therapies first virtual town hall today to answer questions around gene therapy, chemistry, manufacturing, and controls. But before we get started, I just want to take a moment just to recognize that uh, many of you have been impacted by Hurricane Ian or about to be impacted by Hurricane Ian. I'm sure many of us have family members in the Southeast who, who may have been impacted. And first and foremost, I hope everyone's safe, healthy, and then hopefully the impact of the hurricane uh, where you are um, did not impact you too badly. So let's dive right in. The, uh, the FEA's OTAT town halls have a Q&A format, which helps to provide additional insight into the types of concerns that gene therapy developers are having and, and how the agency is, is providing regulatory guidance. So what I'm providing to you here today is really a, a synthesis and summary of many of the key insights during this Q&A session. To kick things off, Wilson Bryan, OTAT's director, he, he shared the exciting news about the growth of the division and rolled out actually a new name, the Office of Therapeutic Products, or OTP. OTP will be a super office with six sub-offices with a dedicated office for gene therapy. This restructuring will provide the capabilities and resources to advance drug development while protecting and promoting public health. Quite remarkably, the agency has seen more than 3,000 active INDs over the past five to 10 years, and their workload has grown significantly. They're excited and enthusiastic because they believe this restructuring and the additional resources will help them provide additional support to developers of cell and gene therapies. And this was really all enabled by the new PDUFA 7 funds and reauthorization recently. So the one theme throughout the town hall had to do with OTAT's CMC expectations, and some wondered if they're applying stricter standards for cell and gene therapies compared to other FDA divisions. But the agency outlined the key criteria that are must-haves in the CMC for gene therapy products. The first insight is that both product and process should be adequately described in your IND and supported with data. Clinical materials should also be comparable to the preclinical materials. And the agency's general advice is to determine where variability and risks are in your process and take measures to control those risks. So one example they provided was that of shipping validation. So you will need to assess variability and risk during the shipping process. That is from time of product release to time of administration at a treatment center. The other hot topic in the industry, given the technical and logistical challenges with cell and gene therapies, is, is quality by design or manufacturing by design. The agency discussed the expectations of formal process design and the need for design of experiments, types of studies. The agency does not expect that process characterization studies are conducted to design manufacturing process. In most cases, it is appropriate to show that the healthy donor material is representative of the patient-specific process, and then you can use healthy donor material for these process development studies. 
This allows you to explore a wide range of different parameters within the process in order to understand how they impact manufacturing processes. It'll also help understand design when you're developing your commercial manufacturing processes. The agency also stressed that you need to think ahead to long-term demand for your intended disease indication when designing process. That can be difficult for, pro, pro, for companies that are very early in the process, perhaps just entering the clinic, to be thinking that far ahead. But they noted that sponsors often make very late changes in the development program, which is, introduces new uncertainty into the clinical development program. And that analytical comparability is not always sufficient with cell and gene therapies because you can't measure certain things like toxicity. So what do you need? First, you need to understand what do you want the process to do? Do you really need a large scale production process or are smaller batches sufficient? For instance, are large scale vectors needed for a small rare disease population? Early qualification of assays for product characterization are also critical, and you'll need suitable potency assays early. And more on that topic in just a moment. The agency stressed that product quality should be the top priority across all phases of development. And that you need to determine process requirements early in the development process because late changes in the development program will introduce additional uncertainty later it may lead to clinical holds. So coming back to potency assays, there were many questions related to this topic. Some on the call wondered if the agency was moving away from the potency assay matrix as a surrogate for function and if a quantitative functional assay is also required. The agency reiterated that Potency assay guidelines are published in their 211 potency guidance. The guidance outlines phase appropriate, flexible approaches, but tries not to be too prescriptive. The agency simply can't give specific examples because of, with, with regard to specific potency tests because of the diversity of cell and gene therapy products. So one thing to keep in mind is that potency is required at all phases of product development. Tests should demonstrate that the product is capable of an applicable clinical result or outcome. For this, the agency reviews if the product is functional based on what you expect the product to do. Some sponsors have had difficulty establishing a single suitable test for products with complex mechanisms of action. This is why the agency is recommending that you begin thinking early in development, even before you enter first in human studies, when you are designing proof of concept studies to establish potency assay development upfront. A quantitative test that measures the biological function of a product is expected prior to initiation of clinical studies meant to support a marketing application. And the validation data should be submitted with your BLA as well. Whether it's a single test for a product function or a matrix, it's very product specific and needs to be discussed with your review team at the agency as early in development as possible. It's also important to have very strong correlation studies to support whatever your chosen matrix approach is and, and when designing your 
matrix approach for testing. So you can see the one big takeaway that was reinforced throughout the town hall is to meet regularly with your OTAT review team and initiate your product characterization, manufacturing processes and risk assessments as early in development as possible. And that is especially critical for new cell and gene therapy companies that are looking to advance their first asset into the clinic in the future. This is critical for you. I'd also direct listeners to phase-appropriate CMC expectations that have been published and outlined in the agency's 2020 Gene Therapy CMC guidance. There were several other topics discussed during the town hall that we just don't have time to get into here today, so contact me directly at chris at bblsconsulting.com. If you have any questions about the town hall or the content I shared with you in the podcast episode today. I'm happy to schedule a call to go deeper into the insights and implications for your cell and gene therapy drug development program.